Welcome to Fort Dram and Goal. We're ready to whip out with our pick out. The draft is over, so grab a glass, put the game on mute, and take a listen. Let's do this. Welcome to Four Dram and Goal. I'm your host, Kurt, and I got my co-host, Dick, here. What's up, Drammers? What is up? That's... <laughs> what is up is right. All right, we're going to get into it. We're going to do what we do best. We're going to talk sports. We're going to drink good whiskey tonight. Uh, well, that's usually what we do, but we'll just keep that trend going. We're going to preach, talk... brother. We're going to talk some NFL draft, obviously. We're going to talk uh, some things that Aaron Rodgers is bringing the drama. We're going to talk the Derby, and we're going to talk good old whiskey news. Dick's going to nerd out as usual. Dick, hit them with the socials. All right. Thanks, Kurt, man. So, Drammers, as usual, we always want to make sure we bring the socials to forefront of everything we do, as well as the tail end of what we do. As usual, you can always pick us up at fourthdramandgold.com. That's our website. We've also got the Instagram and Twitter at 4THDRAM. It's fourthdram, all one word. Hashtag fourthdram. Tag us in any of your Insta or Twitter posts. And then Facebook, we got fourthdram and gold. It's kind of our central spot, pulls all of our social media together. And then, as always, you can always stream us on all of your podcast streaming apps Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, Castbox, Spotify whatever you're listening to us on right now, make sure that you're going ahead and rate and reviewing as well as uh, subscribing to us. And then of course, tell your friends about us, man. We want the the followers. We need the feedback. We want to make this show continuously better. You know, that whole mantra of never stop improving, get better every day. That's what we're about here. And on that note, if you want to send us some candid feedback, send us an email at fourthdramandgoal at gmail.com. That's one word, 4thdramandgoal at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Tell us what's going on. Tell us what questions you have. If you've uh, got any cool topics or, hey, if you want to be on the show, we're always welcome to bringing on some guests and talking sports, talking whiskey and shooting the shit. So before we move on to our really our meat and potatoes of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about what we're drinking tonight. So we both picked up a special one that Kurt talked about. I've got something probably a little bit more findable. Um, Kurt has something that is a special release. So I'm going to let him go first. Yeah, man, I'm really excited tonight. As you know, uh, I'm big into Maker's Mark, and this was just a real uh, good find. And actually, I'm starting to think, I'm seeing this one a lot more on social media. I'm wondering if this one's a lot more available than last year's. Uh, But went to a great dinner here in Houston. If you saw the Instagram, you saw I ate at Potente downtown. Absolutely phenomenal. And then afterwards, I was around the, I don't know if it's the original, you you may know this more than me, Specs. That's a Houston. That's a Houston staple, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. born and bred right there. So they have the cool one downtown, uh, the warehouse. So I figured I'd run in and saw the Maker's Mark Wood Finishing Series 2021 limited release on the shelf. Uh, So grab that. Isn't that uh, like FAE-01 or something like that? Yes, it is. FAE-01. I think this is the third year they've done this uh, wood finishing series. This one's got a lot of cool detail on the bottle. Uh, has the tasting notes on there, a fruit-forward expression with notes of tobacco and wood. I will be the uh, judge of that tasting note. Uh, stave details, 10 virgin toasted American oak staves. Proof right in my sweet spot, 110.6. And yeah, they got a cool, elaborate 
story on the back going into about it. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited to uh, tell you my thoughts on this one. That's awesome, man. And, you know, speaking of like wood finishing series, I hadn't even put the two together till you said that. What I'm drinking tonight is I've got Belfour as an Eddie Belfour. We've talked about this uh, whiskey here on the show before. I was actually able to find the uh, the one that's finished in the Texas pecan wood. So it's a 90, 92 proofer, uh, non-age staving. So this is going to be a minimum of two years, but it's finished with pecan staves which if you're watched any kind of YouTube videos, it's kind of a big thing right now or has been for the last six months to a year is taking your own wood, <laughs> taking your own whiskey and putting different kind of wood staves in it to it to really change the flavor profile of the whiskey and really the nose as well. So I'm really interested to try this one out. I've actually already reviewed it. So I'll be rock and roll ready to go. Um, for the listeners out there, we're talking about something that's a 60% corn, 30% wheat, and 10% malted barley. Um, pretty standard mash bill, nothing too, too crazy. I will say the coolest thing about this bottle so far. Is the bottle not itself? Just the bottle itself. We're talking like this 1920s baroque revival style you know it is a beautiful bottle and i even told kurt hey when he gets his house and he gets the bar i'm gonna make this into a lamp for him it'll be a centerpiece so um, i'm excited a, to do that it is a pretty sweet bottle and i think if, you, if you're doing the celebrity thing which eddie belfort we talked about before former stanley stanley cup winning goalie for the stars you've got to at least got a decent bottle and i like you know when you compare it to this one, it's it doesn't it's not as cool. But like when McConaughey did the Long Branch, that's a pretty cool looking bottle. It's a cool bottle. Um, we did Terry Bradshaw's whiskey. Um, see that one? the the bottle's not great. I, I mean, think they could step their game up. The whiskey's good. The whiskey's okay. Yeah, it's uh, good. The bottle does not stand out on the shelf. It doesn't. I think it would do a lot more for their PR if they could get a better bottle in place. I think if you played off the black and yellow of the Steelers a little bit more. Maybe I will say this cool, cool, couple cool things about it. It's bottled at a proof that's ex his exact completion percentage. It's like 50.3 um, or 51.3, which I thought was a kind of a cool little tidbit of information. Well, I wish his passing percentage was a little bit, a little bit higher. So it could get more to this 110 proof like this maker's mark. But, and we've talked about maker's mark, how my, I just became a fan last, last, maybe in within the last year and a half where Maker's Mark cast strength, that's a go-to. You can walk into the store and get that. That's yeah. just good. And that's the one that it, always on social media, like, oh, this is always, you know, underappreciated. I love it. I'm a huge fan of Maker's Mark. If I ever did go to Kentucky, which I think we've been talking about this recently, Maker's Mark would absolutely be one of the first stops I would want to make. I think that's a, a great point. And Maker's Mark – We've talked about this before, too, and not to just keep talking about what we've already talked about. But have you ever met anybody and said, do you want Maker's Mark? And they're like, no, I don't like Maker's Mark. You'll be people, you want Jack Daniels. No, I don't like Jack Daniels. Jim Beam, I don't like Jim Beam. But I don't think I've ever run across anybody who said they did not like Maker's Mark. I've seen it online, and that's what I that's what Most I people worry. are real. Fake news. <laughs> that's what I worry about these bottles, because you, you will see quite a few post a picture with this bottle, and they'll say, I'm usually not a Maker's Mark fan. Well, shut the fuck up. Not? Why not? And then, oh, this one's different. I've seen mixed reviews. I have, I did not get my hands on last year's, um, I guess it would have, 
I can't even tell you the initials it was, but it was the one that had the. I want to say it was like AE seven or something like that. Yeah, I didn't get I didn't get my hands on that one, so I can't compare. Um, but no, I I mean I'm going into this as a fan of Mixer's Mark, and I'm hoping it has some of the traditional uh, taste and flavors there because I absolutely love Castrate. Um, what was the price on that one that you got the bell for? Right about seventy eight bucks, eighty bucks. Okay, so this was like sixty eight. Yeah. We're, so these are. Is, this is a heavy hitter's night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is that that price point where you don't want to tell your wife, but you're probably not going to sleep on the couch. Well, that's why you take your wife to a five star dinner. Yeah, and you would. You, you would baller. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta make so, it stop real quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. Well, then let's get into that second dram, there, buddy. All right, let's do it. So headlines, um, this is the section where we like to kind of fill out, hey, what's happening right now as we're recording or recently, hopefully by the time we release this is not completely old news, but there's always that chance. I think the coolest thing right now happening, and not coolest, but funnest story, if you will, is Aaron Rodgers, man. Um, there's a lot of drama. We're not going to talk about the draft yet. We'll hold that. But a lot of dr- drama around Aaron Rodgers. Mm. He may hang drama. up his cleats and just go host Jeopardy. I don't know. Drama on the fact that he did it the day of the draft. Drama about the drama. And yeah. I'll get into that. Like, well, let's, get, let's get into that now. Do you see where Joe Horn was all upset that Rodgers did that that day and his son got drafted and he was like, well, that really distracts from everything. <sighs> Is there anything more Rodgers, though, than to do something like that? Well, that and your son got drafted, I mean... Are you, are you watching the TV when they're talking about him? Or are you hugging him and celebrating when he gets drafted? I don't know. I'm not Joe Horn. I'm never, you know, a, a thousand times more athletic ability, him and his son. So I don't know. I will. I, I'm, I mean, I hope my son can someday be in that situation. But anyway, back to Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, that was the bombshell the day of the draft. Do you expect something like this from Aaron Rodgers, Mr. I sit in the back of the bed of the truck with a, you know, Bud Light pack. And I mean, do you expect this from him? So my, my take on Aaron Rodgers is the guy is a quiet guy, but he likes the attention. If you look at kind of his track record. I on, wouldn't say he's a quiet guy. Okay. So fair. I'll, I'll, I'll let you challenge he's me on, on that. Pat, but Pat McAfee, like every week he's, he always does interviews. He, he likes to play the, Oh, I'm Aaron Rodgers. Did he I'm do just, SNL? You know, I don't remember, but if you think about his track record, I mean, he's not he's not in the forefront like blasting people on Twitter like KD or something like that. He's more um, likes to play the I don't want to say shy guy, but I mean, it's he's this freaking discount double check, Rogers. <laughs> well, he doesn't do that, Rogers. He doesn't do discount double check anymore. But yes, he's that Rogers. Um, he's the Jeopardy host. He's the guy picking up beer with Lamp by Lambeau Field in the back of a pickup truck. To your point. He's an interesting guy. And even if you go like his family history with his brother and all the drama that happened with his ex-girlfriend, not his current wife, but his ex-girlfriend and basically cutting himself off from his entire family and all that dirty laundry that got aired. It's some E extra kind of shit, but he he's a, he's an interesting dude. So yeah, I do expect this behavior from him, but I don't think he likes to play into the loud, arrogant green Bay quarterback uh, green Bay Packers quarterback mentality. He likes to do it from like the shadows and play like mind games with people. I kind of like what you pointed to there. And I know I'm going to answer my own question. 
I ex- so this is expected from a guy like Aaron Rodgers, but a lot of this is unwanted attention that he's going to get because he is Aaron Rodgers. The family stuff, he's not asking for that. That was leaked out, and it's all over the place. Oh, that was his brother trying to get on The Bachelor, but yeah. Yeah, and he did, right? He did, yeah. He was one of The Bachelors, uh, but that's why it came out. <laughs> and then even this, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers' main thought was not like, hey, I want to ruin the draft day, or I want to be all over the news. I'm sure it was like, hey, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I want to freaking win. The Packers are just like forcing my hand, and then the news gets out. So, yeah, I guess as I thought more about it, it's expected for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, but it's not like. Do you think he's right? Do you think he has a point? Yeah. I mean, I, he had a point last year when they did what they did during that draft. Yep. Agreed. I mean, holy hell. Agreed. Like quarterbacks these days would have pulled the James Harden and been out of town already. And he actually sat there and went through the year. And um, it played you know, amazingly. You're going to have to fill me in here because I actually don't have that. Well, sure. Why not? Let's go ahead and see what, what did the, the, the Packers did something Packer like with their first pick, right? So this year they picked a, they drafted a quarterback last year. Their first round pick was, no, I'm sorry. This year last they year. drafted a cornerback last year. They drafted a quarterback that was the first first round draft pick they had spent on a quarterback since Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is they didn't pick somebody in the first round to help Aaron Rodgers out, right? Exactly. They picked a yeah. a weird cornerback. I, I wouldn't have drafted him, but Eric Stokes, Georgia. Yeah, wouldn't have. Yeah. Um. So he had. I mean, he has a point. The frustrations there, and it's funny because he keeps doing what he's doing without like big names. I mean, heck, it took Tom Brady on a hot streak to end them this year, and that's because they, you know, a couple, they they kind of had that second half comeback, if I remember. If you take away Brady's fourth down and the, the touchdown right before the half, it's probably a different game. Uh, coaching decision, kicking it instead of going for it, things that he probably didn't have to do it. So, yeah. yeah. It's, I'm if sure Aaron it's Jones would have shown up. Yeah, I'm sure it's all things that he – I mean, yeah, he's probably pissed off. And if I'm him, I'm like, go get me a damn receiver. Get me some weapons. Like, I just need some weapons. Yeah. He's still got at least five years on him. He's still one of the premier quarterbacks in the league. I, no, but, I wish him the best. I hope he ends up somewhere exciting. You know, they would never give him to, you know, Houston. <laughs> rumors start. Don't get me started. Yeah, I'll take that. Watson for Roger, sure, why not? Um, you know, they're not going to send him to Minnesota. Uh, and it looks like we'll get it. They don't need to only. send him to. Uh, it looks like that division is pretty set at quarterback for a while. Yeah. But, yeah, we wish uh, Rogers the best. I love that guy. I mean, even when he does the Pat McAfee show, he's a great character. He did the um, the charity with uh, Portnoy for, for – um, barstool when they were doing the covid fund he's a cool guy he is yeah i like I, him too he's I on the, like the team that i've always hated and I, and i think it's because of the green and yellow but i i love aaron Rodgers. <laughs> i don't know i've always been a pack fan so maybe i'm biased but yeah i agree I, I loved him when he did jeopardy too um but let's let's move on to the next topic let's keep rogers in the midst of it um kentucky derby so That's a fun i watched day for you right 
Oh yeah, dude. Mint juleps all day. I actually got my wife to drink bourbon. Um, Mint Jubilees. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's what it's called. Um, this year, my wife had like two mint juleps, and then I got her to agree that next year we're going to go to the Kentucky Derby. So I'm excited about that. You know, my dad has stories of that, and he actually was in the infield one time, and he says that is the funnest and craziest. Uh, you know, I don't know how much it is these days, but back then it was literally a cheap ticket. You got in there and you just tailgated in the middle of the field yeah. like all day long. So that it sounds like a pretty cool thing. And then, heck, if you're going to go visit bourbon country, what better time to go? Exactly. Um, so a ticket to get in the door right now is 85 bucks, or it was this year. The actual seat in the stands is $1,400 is the cheapest one. Oh, we're going to stand all day, baby. That's going to be standing room only. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll, I'll be standing and sitting on the ground if I need to. Um, yeah, so that was a kind of a, a cool event. Um, you know, the favorite did not win. The odds on favorite, Medina Spirit, did win. It's a 15 to 1. Um, it made, I'm going to mess up his name, but it made that trainer. He wants, he's now won seven Kentucky Derbies, so he's the winningest trainer of all time. Um, they did an interview with him. T-Biscuit. That was not the trainer's name, but they did an interview with nah, him. I'm pretty sure his name is C.E. Biscuit. Okay, yeah. They did an interview with him and Bill, Bill Belichick, um, which was funny because they had both six, you know, championships, and then he won a seventh, so now he's better than Bill. I did not watch it. Uh, my take from the Kentucky Derby was Mattress Mac had another great bet. If the favorite won, anybody who spent over $3,000, basically it was free. That didn't happen. Uh, and the memes, man. Tom Brady looking like old dude from Roger Rabbit. Uh, there was a good one. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, where Aaron Rodgers looked like the cop looking for Tom Brady, the bad guy. Um, oh, no, he didn't. He looked like the uh, the pilot from uh, Narcos Mexico. I sent you that. Looked just like him. hair slicked back. You got the aviators on. I like the cop one better. That was just a. Um, Bob, Bob Baffert is the trainer's name. Bob Baffert. That sounds exactly Baffert, like I wouldn't B-A-F-F-E-R-T. have Um so yeah, those were my takes. I did not watch it. Of course, I always check the highlights. Oh, cool! That was it. Was a close race. It was you know exciting. Now we wait to see if we're going to have a triple crown winner like we do every year. I don't know, man. With a fifteen to one odd, I don't know. We'll see. So fun fact: twenty, or I'm sorry, fun fact: eighteen of the twenty horses who qualified are actually have direct lineage from Secretariat. The two that don't, one of them is named Hot Rod Charlie. Um, and if you guys watched the Kentucky Derby, it drove me absolutely fucking nuts because it was the most entitled frat boy situation I've ever seen in my life. It's five dudes who all played football at Brown together, took all the same classes, had all the same majors and were best friends. When they graduated, they're like, how do we stay in touch? And one of them whose uncles both are Kentucky Derby winning trainers basically were like, was like, oh, you know, we could buy a horse and, you know, we could be horse owners together, go all five in. What 22-year-olds have enough money to go buy a fucking Kentucky Derby horse and pay to train it? You know who does? Brown graduates. Brown graduates and just come from money. And I watched it and I was like, oh, these guys don't seem that bad. And then they go to the grandstands and these dudes are like the most draped out, douchey looking guys you could have possibly imagined, frat boy bullshit just just hammered and i was a little bit jealous i'm not gonna lie. well I, I i'll interrupt you there dick i mean their story is not so different than ours 
instead of a private school. We, you know, we went to two public funded <laughs> establishments. Drowning uh, in debt. <laughs> instead of horses, I mean, you had kids. Uh, we I thought it was going to be the podcast. Them. We did the podcast together. And that was, the, that was the conclusion. We had kids and we do a podcast together. Very similar story. Uh, Very similar, yeah. And we get draped out sometimes. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was uh, a little fun nuance there. But all fun of the weekend. You got to go to an amazing dinner. You got to pick up an amazing bottle, go to the original specs. I sat here and watched Kentucky Derby. But Sunday was a little bit more exciting for you. Tell us about, tell us about what you did. All right. So uh, on Sunday, yeah, I did have an exciting day. Uh, Saturday was just as exciting, dinner with the wife. But uh, Sunday, it was a little bit more back to normal. I, I would say this last weekend was the you know most back to normal weekend I've had. Um, I went to Pluckers with a buddy, which I, I think is a Texas thing. I don't know if they have Pluckers outside of it. But it's uh, literally great wings, great beer. Enough said. And then I got to go to the Knicks versus Rockets. And that was the first sporting event I had been to since the COVID situation started. You could say the word pandemic. It is a thing. I know I can say pandemic, but I'm trying to be a positive person here, damn it. Anyway, uh, so how was it? It was great, man. I mean, arena food, arena beer, no matter how stale and shitty it is, it's always great. Were there um, long lines? Like, did they have enough all. concessions open? Awesome. No, it was a little. It was a little depressing. You know, half the stands were still closed. But was that because the Rockets suck, or because you know, it could have actually been that? <laughs> And if you had told me a year ago that I was going to get a cheap ticket because the rocket sucked and not the Knicks, whoa, <laughs> 2021, man. Uh, Coming at you. No, but it was a good time. Real, I would say, it looked less than half full. Uh, oh, the picture you sent me, it looked like there were 17 people there, including yeah. the players. Yeah, but it was funny because I think they announced that it was a sold-out game <laughs> with the tickets available. And the Knicks fans showed up. I'll say that. There were Knicks fans all over the place. Uh, and, yeah, it was a great game. Knicks kicked ass. Derrick Rose is, like, in a time machine right now doing good things. Julius Randle is in the MVP uh, conversation. The Knicks do have probably the hardest stretch closing the year off. They get the Suns. They get the Bucks. They get teams like that. Uh, they close the year off against the Celtics, which is going to be tough because I want them to stay at that four spot and get nowhere near that playoffs play-in situation uh, that is a possibility. But they have guaranteed. I know. I don't want any part of that. So they got to do some. They got to win a couple over the next stretch. Uh, but they are guaranteed their first winning season since 2013. So me and Spike Lee are really excited. We've talked about it all week. Uh, sometimes we include Stephen A. Smith. It just kind of depends if we have time. But yeah, it was a good time, man. That's awesome, man. You know, I saw you made me think of uh, a stat I saw today, different player, but Russell Westbrook. I read something today that he can average 0.0 assists and zero rebounds for the rest of the season and still average a triple double for the year. That's Pretty insane. Amazing, huh? Pretty amazing. And if he had, because uh, he's a ball hog, but yeah. Well, if he was in any you know, place other than the, the one city that I forget has a basket, pro basketball team every now and then, eh. There's two teams that, I tend to forget they exist as a franchise. 
the Washington Wizards, which used to be the Washington Bullets. And do you, I mean, when's the last time the Pittsburgh Pirates have been like relevant? The, oh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's a baseball team. No shit. I said two franchises. In general, sorry, Dick. I had to specify. I was like, "What?" Um, Football. Every team has their fan base. Basketball. Ten years. Ten years. The Pirates. I don't even know. No, they had a oh God. They had one good player. Um, Would you say baseball has the most friend? Like you have the Diamondbacks and the Padres, and you kind of just forget about them. Well, not the Padres now. I don't forget about the Diamondbacks. Oh yeah, because you're from. Somehow I'm not from, but my family's from Arizona. So yeah, there you go. Um, I I don't know. You know, you made me think of like the next hat I'm gonna get. Random fucking thought. Tucson Gila Monsters. That's their uh, minor league hockey team, dude. Eddie Belfort got me thinking about what's a cool hockey jersey or hat I could get. Tucson Gila Monsters coming. I at you. had the Nashville Predators jersey. I had a New York Rangers jersey, and probably one of the coolest jerseys all across sports, the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, you've told us about that. You're a fanboy. We get it. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Looking at this Belfour, it's got the wings on it. Ah. Well, he was the eagle. Yeah, I know, but but it's, I was trying to make a tie into your... All right, let's but. get into the nose of this glass. Let's get into some whiskey, because we still got to talk about that draft, bro. All right, as Dick pulls out his notebook, I'm not a notebook guy. I can have a huge brain, so it all stays up there. Ladies first, or you want me to go? I'll let the ladies go first. What do you think? <laughs> you know what? You have the more expensive bottles. You go for it. No, no, no. I insist. Yours is rare. Lady. <laughs> this is getting edited, right? No. Oh, you suck. <laughs> All right, so you see tobacco, and tobacco comes out, and this is not. This may make sense. This may not make sense, but I think the tobacco, what it's saying, notes of tobacco. I'm getting call. I texted you, caramel, and maple syrup bomb, and that is like traditional notes you get from Maker's Mark. And this like time like like times five. Sweet sweetness, but then it's funny because it does finish with that kind of cigar tobacco kind of um, leafy kind of uh, nose on it. It's it's really good if you are a Maker's Mark fan. I will say that. But that's those are the three things that are standing out big time. Tobacco, maple, caramel. And then, of course, you're going to get a little bit of vanilla there. But the other three are really just taking over. And none of those notes, nothing's wrong with that. The tobacco is a weird one for me. Um, I think traditional tobacco smells those are good but i don't know i've smelled some bad tobacco well i've gotten it on like rise like the spice on them sometimes 
but this one is no 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 this is like the cigar like like leaf. earthiness a little bit but no not even that just take a cigar to your nose and i'm yeah. getting a faint bit of that yeah it's like the sweet cigar there you go sweet cigar yeah. you said earthy so i'm thinking oh there are some cigars that smell earthy and yeah but those smoke are like, like dirt flavorful ones to me so this one's a. have you ever had a cognac dipped cigar no that cool. sounds had, bougie af oh i had one in new orleans it's called the el presidente i know which cigar you're talking about yeah good stuff i mean 2 a.m new orleans probably wasn't a good time to enjoy it but good stuff i typically uh stick to like cohibas but <clears throat> all right not tell to me about that eagle there buddy yeah so i'll i'll tell you about the uh, the bell four that i'm drinking so it's finished with pecan staves so i think that gives a little bit of ode to its actual or i'm gonna say ode probably hint to its actual like nose have you ever had or done any landscaping and gotten pecan shells to actually lay down as your topsoil for like a flower bed Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, just last spring, I went ahead and I uh, didn't fucking do that. No, Dick, I've never done that. Okay. So for those who have had done that, um, it doesn't smell like when you open the bag where it's super sweet, and, but it smells like the the after aroma on your hands after you've worked with it. Um, so pecan shells is kind of a, a gimme and, a, and maybe even a cop-out. because so gonna... Instead of like using them for landscaping, could you have gone with like, hey, have you ever like cracked a couple pecans? Open? It smells different. It's a different smell. I promise. Mm. So not just like put it in the nutcracker, crack it open. That's that not what it smells like to me. It smells like pecan landscaping bags. I don't know. Oh, pecan landscaping bag. Okay. All right, continue. <laughs> um, so then you get like sweet fruit, um, like cherry, apple kind of thing. There's almost like this apple covered cinnamon thing to it. Um, a little bit of barrel spice, uh, and then I, I think the overwhelming piece here is this like burnt brown sugar, especially after it's been sitting out a little bit, which is pretty typical of bourbons as the, you know, the, uh, the alcohol actually burn or wafts off of it. It's pretty good though, man. I, I there's nothing I don't do, like. Do they do a majority rise or is it just. They have two rise. Okay. And this is not one of them, obviously, but. Okay. Well, What's your grade there, buddy? A minus. What about you? People are going to say it's because you love Maker's Mark, and I'm going to say I don't give a shit. This is an A. I could smell this bad boy all day. I like it. Uh, it's good stuff. I mean, like I said, caramel, maple syrup. It's what I like about Maker's Mark. Exploded. So, I mean, yeah, I'm going to give that a good solid grade. I'm going to give that an A. All right. I think uh, we can both argue that so far, so good. Um, we're not sorely disappointed, which we typically rarely are on the nose. It's typically in the palate where you get to make or break. So that being said, let's go ahead and get into our third dram. And what else can we possibly talk about? We just concluded NFL Draft Weekend, Kentucky Derby Weekend. The pick is in. That's actually not the jingle, is it? It's... 
I like the uh, the Sports Center. Um, I don't know if you could tell, but I'm drinking this beer pretty fast because it's pretty good. But we're gonna keep it going into the big topic. So we're talking about a recap and thoughts. Um, we're gonna break it out to winners and losers. I want to lead us off though by the winners, and you you can't argue with me on this. Well, you can, but you're gonna be wrong. The winners, every fan that got to attend and sit in the chair. That was stupid. I thought that was awesome. I thought it was a great no, gimmick. That was stupid. It looked so awkward. They would sit there at times. But you got to meet Roger Goodell. Yeah, and he would come and try to talk to some of them. And I don't know if they were scared shitless. Some of them were more natural. It just was an awkward situation. It just, eh, I guess it was cool. I mean, bring them up and just let them announce every couple and then move on. I don't know. Would you have wanted to sit in the chair? Well, yeah, but I'm cool. (laughs) And I wouldn't have sat there and looked like Roger Goodell was my weird uncle that nobody likes to talk to and like rubs my shoulder too long. I mean, I I would have been a little bit more natural. I say that. And then, of course, if you put me up there, I probably would have. I thought it was a cool gimmick. Like he's offering me a freaking Welcher's candy or something. But yeah, I mean, I just just one of those. Whatever. I was just excited to see the crowd. And the- yeah, they were definitely packed in there. Everybody was vaccinated. Thought it was a good move. Um, the the breakout. I thought the awkward part every time they had someone come up there and talk about like, oh, brownies, brownies, this, brownies, that. Like anybody that's not a Browns fan or maybe even in that division gives two shits about being a brownie because there's no good history there. Um, in at least, Cleveland, at least winning history. Let's say that they're gonna fight you. I know Cleveland that's okay. I know has one of the longest tradition, like histories in the National Football League. Oh, you mean since 1999? <laughs> you ruffle some feathers there, Dick. It's okay. It's okay. I, this this will maybe get some people to email us and, and want to fight about it. Let's yeah, do it. Sure, yeah. But I did love the passion, like that the actual Browns fans had. Like the people there were happy and proud to be there. They were more excited. But for anybody else watching that's not a Browns fan or maybe not super familiar with that division or that team, I don't know. I don't think I've heard publicly people say the word brownies not talking about, like, Russell Stovers or something like that. You have to admit, the Browns fan are probably top three. They're an eccentric group. They literally forced another team, like, we're going to sue you. We're keeping our name. You can get the fuck out of town, but we're keeping our name. That and they've been shitty, but they're like your typical like they're going to be on the Bud Light commercials because oh, yeah. the fans are, you know, the dog they, pound. They've got some of the best fans. I'm not arguing that. Don't let it come across that way. But it's well, it is. Dick. Okay, all right. Well, then I'm poor at communicating my point. I just thought oh, it was yeah, weird. It's a given. Thanks. Thanks for that. Appreciate the vote of confidence, sir, co-host. So, who's your winner, buddy? I think you've got a few winners, man. Um, I'm going to go a little bit weird here. Uh, Alabama recruiting is the number one winner in my book. 2017 class? Six first-round picks. How can any other team compete with that? The 2000-something Miami Hurricanes? Yeah. No, not when you're doing active recruiting today. That's not the same team. I'll agree to disagree, but... 
Yeah, it was. I mean, good for them. If you're Alabama and you I'll walk take in, a Miami team any day. But I'm, yeah. no, 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 no. Hold on. Let's 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 be very clear here. I'm not saying that that 2017 recruiting class was better than that 2004 Miami team. I'm simply saying if you're doing recruiting today, every player wants to go to the league and you're Alabama and you didn't already sell them with the fact that you're probably going to win a national championship. I see oh, what yeah. you're saying. The 2021 draft, six of our guys, six starters went in the first round. No other team competes I, with that. No, As if they needed that, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, did they, could they, like, can they just not draft anybody? Like, can just Alabama be excluded and you just, I don't know, pick them as undrafted free agents. Whoever gives the most money, they get the player. I don't know. I bet you Nick Saban has never even spilled a cup of hot coffee on him. <laughs> That's how perfect he is. <laughs> he is. He is indeed. Yep. <clears throat> what do you got? So that's my biggest winner. What about you? My biggest winner? You know, it's been a long time coming for this franchise, and I, I have to admit, I think they hit every part that they needed to. I would say overall, the New York Jets, man. I mean, just in the first round alone. So they gave them they gave themselves a chance, they get Zach Wilson. How's he going to do? I don't know. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit when you tell me your winner, because I think we talked about this earlier. I hope he does good things. His pro day was obviously an awesome little, you know, social media video going around. They protect him with the decent old lineman, and then they get a little excitement. Elijah Moore, if, if you know anything about route, route running and you've seen his videos, the dude's a beast. Uh, they do another couple things. Michael Carter from North Carolina. They definitely built around the offense. The Jets are always going to be, you know, defense heavy. Uh, they already got some studs on that side. So, yeah, I've got to give it to the J-E-T-S Jets, man. I think they get an overall A, and I think they're one of the big winners from this draft. Yeah, I think that's a great call out. Um, one of my other winners here um, before we get into losers. So one of my other winners would be just all of the quarterbacks and wide receivers that are going to be reunited from their college days. You've got Burrow, Jamar Chase, you've got Tua and Waddle, and you've got Jalen Hurts and Smith. I mean, I don't think I've seen that in recent memory. That was a big pick for the Eagles, and I think they're up there towards the winner category as I think he was a steal. Uh, I think the other team that had a big draft were the Titans, and that that sucks because they're in the Texans division. Mm -hmm. But you know what? The way the Texans are fumbling is obviously we will talk about when we get to the losers. Um, Yeah, the Titans just had an overall good draft. I'm pulling up the specifics for it. Uh, But Tennessee, a.k.a. the original Houston Oilers, Caleb Farley. So he's an interesting story. Setting out COVID, it looks like it worked out. He still is a first-rounder. He's had two back surgeries. We'll see how he does. He may be a big steal. Uh, But they really did take care of a lot of things. Offensive tackle uh, from North Dakota State, a linebacker from Georgia. If you're going to be linebacker and you're going to play for – Holy hell. Titans head coach. I got makers mark brain freeze. Oh, uh, Vander. No. Vrabel. V- duh. Former Texan coach. Um, then, yeah, that's exciting things. So they did have a good draft, and I really hope things work out for Farley. When we, when we talk to – I think we have to talk about overall quarterbacks. I'm going to talk about somebody who I don't think the COVID gamble paid off for him. 
But I saw on your notes Justin Fields and the Bears. Do you think they were an overall winner? I think the Bears had the biggest steal of the draft. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I think the Bears were like, holy shit. And Bears fans were like, oh, my God. We were actually going to have a chance at having a decent quarterback that isn't Andy Dalton or some other washed-up Mitch Trubisky bullshit. What are your thoughts? I, I agree, and I texted my buddy. I said, I think this is the steal of the draft because you have to you have to tell me. What did Justin Fields ever do? And I know this, you know, I know – Stephen A. Smith has gone on multiple rants about this, but I will agree with Stephen A. Smith at times, and I will disagree. When we text each other about the Knicks, that's exciting. Um, What did Justin Fields do to not be the second quarterback taken in this draft? I I can't can't give you a good answer on that. Like, no shot at the other guys. But you got a BYU quarterback who played a fairly easy schedule and and had a very good year this year, but before that, you know, injuries, things like that. Trey Lance, obviously, is going to be the gamble from San Francisco, and I, I like it. The story's great. I, I don't. Well, I, I like the story. I like, like the I story. Said, I like him. I don't like the gamble yes, by the you can't, you can't. You can't knock the the kid no but to take him at north dakota state and to take like i don't know what i don't know what he did to 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 be in the situation that he was like why was he not the second quarterback taken if you go back you do the elite 11 class years ago you watch the the games who was trevor lawrence battling with justin fields i don't get it I, all I can tell you is he hands off the ball good as fuck. So, um, I, I I don't know. Justin Fields hands off the ball good as fuck. Yeah, you don't remember that line from when he was at Georgia and he they heard him uh, talking to one of his teammates. Like they got him on audio as he's walking off the field because he got to play finally. And he's like, I handed that ball off good as fuck. Like he was joking. <laughs> I, I like him even more. I like. like him he's just more. he's just like sarcastic as hell, and then he's gone the next year. Um, I yeah. I, I hope he does great things. I hope he. I hope he I does too. The Mahomes of this draft class. <clears throat> I hope he he does good things. Uh, it was a he, weird. It was a very ex- go for it. No, I would say he was my least favorite personally because he's an Ohio State quarterback going into the draft, and that's nothing to do with his talent, nothing to do with his person. It's just like me not liking Ohio State, but I am rooting for him. I completely agree with you. I like Trey Lance as a person, like as a kid. I don't love the pick, and also. I almost want to root against him because he was a number three pick. In my opinion, he was overdrafted. Trey and Lance I know that's going, shitty. I know Trey that's Lance shitty. going 12 is a great story. Trey Lance, Trey Lance going, going to the Bears at yeah, his pick. W- yeah. That would be a great story. I just sure. don't understand. I that I, I I just don't understand how Justin Fields like did nothing to drop down in the rankings. Um quarterbacks were a f- great story. If you love the, you know the bright stars and you know the attention getters this was a cool draft you had it all over the place mac jones who not mike jones mac jones not mike jones thoughts did belichick just do a belichick did he steal the draft is he gonna walk away 
And say, I don't know, man. There, let's get another Super Bowl. There are too many comparisons in my mind to McCarron and McElroy. Um, great, systematic. We've had this argument before. Alabama quarterbacks with so many weapons around you that are so far and beyond the talent on the field standing up opposite from them. That's not the case in the NFL. I don't believe that Mac Jones has the arm strength. I don't believe he has the accuracy. I don't think he has the, frankly, um, field general mentality that it takes to win. Um, I think it's a very stereotypical Bill Belichick pick. I don't think it's going to win the Patriots any more games than if they would stick with Cam Newton. First and foremost, the Patriots had an excellent draft. I'm not arguing that point I'm not, I'm beyond just, I just Mac wanna, Jones. I just want to throw that in. They got a hell of a draft. Uh, sure, he did the Bill Belichick thing, but I think the Mac Jones was a dumb. Um, you know, there are a lot of comparisons to Tom Brady, Mac Jones, Tom Brady. Same number of letters. I know you saw the picture of their dad bods in college going around the internet. And here's the thing. Mac Jones is not going to be told to run out of the pocket and do things. He's going to be told to, hey, just manage the game. There's going to be pressure there for Mac Jones because, of course, they are going to do what I just did, jokingly, and they are going to compare him to Tom Brady every step of the way. My and I texted you this. I can't even remember. What's his name? Old boy who was possibly the starter for the Patriots at the beginning of the year. The old, uh, I was going to go to Tech and I dropped out and went to Baylor and then I ended up at. Um, oh, Jared Stidham. Yeah. Things ain't looking so good for Jared Stidham. He, uh, no, but it's the same situation though. As in what? He wasn't going to be asked to win games. He was going to be asked to manage it. Yeah, and he literally just had to be decent, and I think he would have got the nod. Sure. No, I, I I agree. I just I think if you looked at college caliber of talent, Jared Stidham played light years beyond where Mac Jones played and did it with less talent. I think Mac Jones just step into the best situation depending on what Cam Newton he gets to work with. Great. I agree. I think if you say, does Mac did Mac Jones win in this – Draft? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, He's going from the greatest college coach to the one of the greatest, if not the greatest, yeah. uh, NFL coach. He doesn't know what a bad coach is. How, how mind-blowing is that? You know, and I take that back. Justin Fields is going into Chicago where they have Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is saying, like, hey, they brought me in to be the starter, but Andy Dalton can still be a great mentor. Um, yeah. Trey Lance is going to be there with uh, – Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, who has been fantastic the last couple of days, just class act, texting him, first text Trey Lance got, saying that he's ready to help the guy out. But Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have the ceiling that Cam Newton does. Does that mean Cam Newton's going to be a better mentor than Jimmy Garoppolo? Not at all. Poor Zach Wilson's over there in New York. He's going to be the dude from day one, and he's got to be. So that, that honestly might be why he's the least successful of this well, group. Like, because if, if, you. if you talk about like I was all cool, they drafted Sam Darnold again. Like they will always draft Sam Darnold because they will never bring in a decent quarterback other than Joe Flacco. Is Flacco still there? Who cares? I don't know. Well, he could be a good mentor, yeah, dude. Joe Flacco is always 
Uh, I don't think Joe Flacco's exactly the mentor. It doesn't matter whether he's good or not. It doesn't matter that. It's it's years in a league, tell you what to do, the ins and outs, how to really but make I, it work. I he's think Joe one. Flacco's, Flacco's well, one. one. But I think he's still trying to be that guy. I don't think he's I I agree. There's a uh, there's a level of arrogance that has to be pushed and, to the wayside and you have to be able to we haven't even talked about Trevor Lawrence, but I think that was so talked about like he was a Jaguar for five months. And and Urban Meyer has literally said, I'm not throwing him to the wolves because he saw Alex Smith get thrown to the wolves. Yep. And he said he would never do that to somebody. So yeah, he's going to bring in Tim Tebow to play tight end for him. Sure. Why not? Uh, um, I wouldn't expect too much from Trevor Lawrence this year. You're going to absolutely, Zach Wilson will be on the field. Justin Field, eh, maybe. But Mac Jones, I think he gets the best treatment overall. He's got the Belichick system. Tom Brady was behind. Drew Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, I I would agree with you from long-term success. I always look at the, the Favre-Rogers model as probably being the best possible situation, assuming that Favre is not arrogant like he Favre is. But Rogers got to sit behind Favre and learn, right? Now, that's the ideal situation. But Garoppolo's got enough years underneath him, and he seems to be wanting to do the right thing for Trey Lance. You, you've already laid out, but – there's a possibility these guys could at least sit for eight games, right? Maybe even a year um, or no pressure of last eight games because you've already fucked for the year, but you're okay. Um, I like the Jags overall situation better than the Patriots, but I do think that Mac Jones is walking into a better situation. Losers. I had Mac Jones as a loser, or the Pats with Mac Jones. Um, but we already talked about the Niners. The one that we haven't talked about is Carolina with J.C. Horn. The fuck was that? Patrick Sertan was still on the board, and you pick a South Carolina cornerback? I mean, I just don't understand it. Not saying the guy's not talented. Uh, pre-draft, I think they were actually pretty close. And you talk about – uh, I, I, well, I don't want to get sidetracked, but I, I, I don't know if that would be – that's not a big argument. I think they were pretty close. I agree. Because I, I that goes – well, because that goes back to my question. Those are the two that Cowboys wanted. And mm-hmm. with the, the quarterback-loving Broncos drafting, I, I felt a kick in the nuts for Cowboy fans because Sertan got taken off the board right before them. When you heard all the rumbling of the like the Broncos could have taken Justin Fields. Like that's what I was texting you. And then okay. they take Sertan. Elway said Drew Locks, my dude. That was a weird, a weird move. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I texted a good, reliable cowboy fan, realistic cowboy fan, and his he had it down. You know, I want Horn or Sertan. I want to trade some draft picks, kind of pick up somebody in the second round. So I texted him right away. I was like, oh man, that was a kick in the nuts. Um, but I don't know. I don't I wouldn't say that was a loss. I say that's a toss up between those two. Who else did you say was a loser in your mind? Uh I didn't like the Niners pick of Trey Lance. We already talked about that though, and then Mac Jones. Um Mac Jones himself's a winner, the Pats. I think it's a bad pick. Um yeah, I don't I don't think there were any other solid quarterbacks left in the first round to be drafted. I think Mac Jones could have been a second round pick. Uh, Jamie Newman was the other guy that I was talking about earlier. He was the one who transferred from Wake Forest, could have played at Georgia this last year, decided to sit out, 
and concentrated on the draft because of COVID. Goes undrafted. Um, he was actually one of the best available when people like Ellinger uh, and Kyle Trask. I don't know if he was best available before Trask. I know he was. Trask was Trask was drafted second round. Yeah, no. So no, no, no. He was best available like third, fourth, so forth. Ellinger gets picked yeah. over him. Somebody else may have been picked over him as well. The COVID gamble didn't work out for him. He ends up signing with signing with the Eagles. So that's one who it didn't pay off for. I would have liked the Pats to sit on Mac Jones, see if he's available in the second round, and if he's not, pick up Kyle Trask. I feel like Kyle Trask has the length, has the ability, has the arm to do well in that Patriot system. Um, I I just don't feel like Mac Jones is a first rounder. We will see. Losers, obviously, it was a shit show before the draft even started. It was miserable. I feel they got forced into taking David Mills, Houston Texans. I don't know. I don't know what the heck's going on. You sit here, you think, okay, let's ride the wave. Let's see Deshaun Watson get through this mess and then kind of say, hey, Deshaun, let's just concentrate on football for a while. I I don't know. Uh, they got a like Brevin Jordan in the fifth round, and that was a speck of glitter on a piece of shit, I guess. Anyway, moving on. Is uh, a fifth rounder ever a speck of gold? <laughs> Or you say glitter. Okay, that's more like it. I Yeah, you've had some good fifth rounders there, buddy. Yeah, they're few and far uh, And then the Green Bay Packers, not only do they possibly lose their star quarterback, but then they also pick Aaron Stokes from Georgia, which he can be a great kid. But the point is, if you had helped out your boy, things would have been great. Stokes was fast. Don't get me wrong, but there's still questions around him. Uh, yeah, so that's that's uh, that's who I think lost the draft. So end of the day, did the draft live up to the hype or the excitement that we thought it would? I think it 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 was what it was. The quarterbacks went fast. Um, I think the excitement definitely started with Trey Lance at three because that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shook shit up, but it, yeah, it was Agreed. what it was. I I did. Uh, I was talking to one of our other buddies, um, and we were going back and forth about the whole Waddle versus Devonte Smith situation, right? And he was like, "There's no way you can't tell me that Tua is sitting there. No, Waddle's better. I played with both. Waddle's better. Give me Waddle." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, but Smith is a Heisman winner," and he was like, "I don't care. Waddle's way faster." Right, I looked him up, and. That's true. Um, I did not realize, though, that Waddle was A, so short, but B, because we started doing the whole Hill comparison, um, and Hill is listed at 5'10". Did you know that? I was like, he's 5'8". Okay, so what did they say Waddle was? Five, I think it's five nine and a half or something like that. And what's Devontae Smith at? Six? Six one, something like that. Yeah. Dolphins had a yeah. hell of a draft too. They got they did have a hell of a they, draft. I think they they got what they, they needed. Got, uh, possibly the steal Phillips from Miami. He's the one who had the interesting story. UCLA had to retire from football. He was even hit on a scooter or something, and then came back and he looks good on film. So if he can get things going, 
he'll be a steal too. So let's talk whiskey. I'm excited. Let's talk whiskey. I want to know that $72 bottle of whiskey that you got there. 78. What, what is the grade on that palette? Okay. You get oak or you get wood. It's wood. I think that the, the pecan starts to come out in the front of it. A little bit of chocolate. You get a little bit of like, this is where I kept going back and forth. I was talking to my wife. I'm like, what is, what is that taste? I get like this cinnamon toast with like brown sugar situation. So I don't know if that's French toast or if it's not French toast. I can't remember, but like cinnamon toast, but with brown sugar on it. Um, a little bit of honey drizzled on there. That's what it tastes like. Um, not very bitter on the back end, pretty smooth throughout. Overall, it may just be the whiskey talking, but this is everything I like in whiskey. Um, a plus. I'm being a little generous, but it's where I landed. So that's good to know. It's good to know that a expensive whiskey is living up to. And I'm looking back at your notes, and you may have said this. Where did you see where in Kentucky? So that's the thing I can't find. I don't know what juice it is. And is it Kentucky juice or is it? On the label, it says bourbon whiskey. Does not say Kentucky. What's it say on the back of the label? Literally nothing except. Louisville. Oh, there you it's go. It's bottled, but it's bottled by Bell Four Spirits in Louisville, Kentucky. It does not say where it's distilled. Mm. Um, all right. So the label fresh a fruit forward expression. A little bit of red fruit, but lots of vanilla. Oh, yeah, it is a big apple bite, vanilla apple, some cherry, the oak. The tobacco is not as big on the taste, I would say, as it is on the nose. Can I ask, are we talking like bitter apple or are we talking like apple butter? No, apple butter, man. And it's like a beautiful and it's like a French toast bite. And there, it just has that classic. You can tell this is a Maker's Mark product. It's right up there with the cast drink, which it's about the same proof, 110. It, it may have a little finish where the fruit dies off and you get more of the alcohol, ethanol kind of. But God, I'm enjoying this one. I'm enjoying this, yeah, no. and I didn't want to sound like such a Maker's Mark fan bitch, but I got to give this an A, too, man. I can, like, you've seen me sipping on this. Like, this is, I can, I, I can finish half this bottle right now. I, I yeah, th- those are the danger it. ones. Those are the dangerous ones. I'm going to send you a sample of this if you send me a sample of that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but, yeah, I agree to, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> don't be such an asshole. <laughs> Don't be such a dick. All right. So you said A plus. I say no. What did you say? A. A. Okay. So I said A plus. I, I probably am overstretching this a little bit as I think about it. And you start 
start to describe yours because mine's got a little bit more bitter bite um, on the back back end, but I like it overall. So I'm going to keep with the A plus um, on the palate. That brings us into our fourth dram. So this is our classic whiskey news section. Um, admittedly, I'm probably going to do a little bit of more of, hey, live from the bulletin board, we've got the daily update. And Kurt here is going to give me his thoughts here, and I'll kind of wrap around it and see if I can add any more anecdotes to what we're talking about. First and foremost, on the docket, the oldest bottle of American whiskey was recently discovered from Evans and Ragland, a grocer and whiskey bottler that operated in LaGrange, Georgia, for about 10 years after the Civil War. So pretty interesting. Um, they actually did a carbon dating of the whiskey itself. So they stuck a syringe into the bottle through the cork, pulled out a little sample of the whiskey and did carbon dating on it. And they found out this, this was distilled somewhere between 1763 and 1803. That's pretty damn old, buddy. That's pretty fucking old, right? Um, so the Skinner's Auctioneers, which is an auction house, is planning to sell this at a um, auction here in late June. The hammer price is expected to be around $40,000 for one bottle of whiskey. Knowing oh, what yeah. some of the other whiskeys that were super hard to get your hand on, Pappy 23. split that or... What? Dude, secondary market on Eagle Rare 20 is $20,000. So, right, cool. So, do you take Bitcoin? <laughs> take Dogecoin. Ah, oh, got you. Doggy coin. Got it. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Like, this is not the oldest bottle of whiskey ever. It's not. It's the oldest bottle of American whiskey. 40000 bucks. knowing that Eagle Rare 20 runs at $20,000. Do you just pony up and buy the uh, the one bottle that's the oldest bottle in the United States for the extra twenty thousand bucks rather than trying to go after Eagle Rare Twenty? You're asking me like that's like just ponying up like another like two hundred dollars. Uh, no, I don't fucking get anywhere near both of those. Uh, I get to hear stories that you tell me about them, and that's it. That's it. That's all I got. I mean, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Let's just pony up the extra twenty thousand dollars. Sure. <laughs> I thought it was an interesting anecdote. Um, not something you hear every day. It's very interesting to see the ultra ultra aged. I'm sorry, not ultra ultra aged. Ultra ultra old American whiskeys actually starting to get up there in price. Um, so not a lot of history about the bottle. You can actually there's a New York Times article out there that you can read more about it if you're interested. Um, the next one we've got is Michter's 10 year. That's about to hit the shelves. Um, have you ever had your hands on or had a sip of Michter's 10 year? It's got like the oval ish bottle. No, you were there the night that I had my hands on Michter's 20. Uh, but I have not had Michter's 10. Michter's 20 is the top of the mountain for me. It's up there. It's beautiful. I cry every time I think about it, but I have not had Michter's 10. What about you? No, I've never had Mictor's 10. Never seen it on the shelves, but allegedly you can find it if you're lucky. Um, there is a large secondary market for it that's going to push three, 400 bucks for a bottle. Um, curious thing about this is a barrel of it was sold in London last year, July 2020. Can you guess how much? 
Uh, London, July 2020. Are we talking pounds or are we talking dollars? Dollars. U.S. Oh, dollars. Just, just to do my conversion in my head. Uh, I'm going to go $678.45. Just a little bit outside on that one. $210,000. Holy shnikes. Yeah, for a barrel of whiskey. God dang it. They love their American products. Apparently, man, I don't know where that um, oldest bottle is going to be sold, but if it's sold in the UK, I mean, you might want to put a premium on that one. As long um, as they keep making Peaky Blinders, I have no complaints. <laughs> Amen to that. I'm just so confused by this, right? So typically the yield out of a barrel is what, 150 bar- bottles, something like that? The yield? Yeah. Depending on what you prove it out. They just slow down and roll right through it. Oh, okay. Got it. So I don't know, man. Like, it's just, it's wild to me to see that, like, some of these prices are getting just so absurd and out there. And I think it just runs along, runs along with the inflation we're seeing in many avenues of our economy, for lack of better terms. Um, I, there's not really much to talk about on this. Just a wild and out there fact. It's like Ripley's Believe It or Not bullshit, dude. Where do we stop? Like, is there a cap? Is there a bubble here? Or is we just going to keep like baseball cards? Mickey Mantle first year signed is always going to be worth stupid amount of money and it's always going to increase. Or tell you uh, what, if they ever make early times over $40, I'm fucking out. <laughs> That's it. So I'm you good. put your you put your cap on it. 23 to 40 bucks, you're out. Fuck that yep. $17 difference. All right. Yep. Cool. It just, it always makes me think like there is a bubble on bourbon, just like there's a bubble on any collector interest thing. Like let's use baseball cards. Does a Mickey Mantle card ever become less expensive because there's less people interested? It has to be, right? It has to be. People find new interests. Um, there was a time back in you know, pre-prohibition and post-prohibition that whiskey was the shit. And then it became all but the clear liquors. Where's our cap? Where are we going to be able to pick up Pappy 23 on the Shelves again for the true whiskey lovers. I don't know, but speaking of Mickey Mantle, the Yankees beat the shit out of the Astros tonight, so that's a nice little tidbit to throw in there. But uh, yeah, uh, going back to what you were saying, no, nope, whiskey's the end thing right now, man. It's just going to keep getting crazy and crazy. And with that being said, everybody and their mother's getting in on the whiskey game. Our Han Solo himself, Harrison Ford, has partnered up with the whiskey Wyoming whiskey um, company, and they are creating a new collection to help support the National Parks Foundation. And this is a whole new series. Um, Wide open spaces is going to be available to really support Wyoming and its natural beauty and the National National Parks Association, or I'm sorry, National Parks Foundation. And in effect of 427, you're able to pick it up and select uh, New York, Georgia, Colorado, and Wyoming realtors, as well as the uh, reserve bar and flavor, Flavair, for 50 bucks. I don't know that there's a whole lot of story here other than it seems like every celebrity and their mother is trying to get into alcohol, and we're seeing more and more get into whiskey itself. Where does it stop? I don't, I don't fucking like gin at all, but I had ryan reynolds gin at your house and it was yeah it's pretty it was, good it was delightful it's actually uh, not his gin anymore yeah he just sold it right yeah just oh, like conor cool. mcgregor oh we gotta talk about that tell conor us about McGregor. it how much how, was it 600 mil 600 million said oh this was my baby 
Now I'm going to fucking sell it for a shitload of money. It's uh, a shitload of money for a shit whiskey. Cool. Shit whiskey or not, man. Um, yeah, he's going to keep doing. I mean, there's one thing McGregor's always done, and that's market himself. And I think he's still going to be the face of it. So that's pretty cool. Do you think Ryan this, Reynolds do the same thing? Do you think this Harrison Ford thing is just. You think he has hands on or he's just like, yeah, give me some money and throw my face on it. From what I understood from the articles I read, um, there's two or three of them out there. Um, it's actually been kind of a, a pet project for him because he's super into like national park, um, national parks and preserving them specifically in Wyoming. So this was one of those things that I think it was an opportunistic partnership, but he does seem to have passion for it. That's pretty cool. And Wyoming whiskey just like Oregon whiskey, there are those that I've always seen and I've thought about grabbing, never have. Have you ever got your hands on those? Nope. They do got a kind of a cool bottle. It's kind of got this like, I don't know, wax topped looking thing. The Wyoming one? Yeah. Yeah. And then the Oregon one sometimes comes in the scotch looking container. Ah, yeah. I haven't had that. You mean like Um, the, you mean the tin? Yeah. Uh, did you see the documentary I sent you that I had no idea was released like last this year? And No, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Yeah, with the Wyoming whiskey or the Oregon whiskeys, I haven't seen those on purpose, but I did want to... I haven't seen those in person, but I did want to ratchet back because you did the McGregor transition and made me think of the McGregor-Mayweather situation. Right? There was a fight with him, right? Right, yeah. They okay. had a boxing match. And then it made me think of the recent story about Logan Paul and Mayweather agreeing to a fight. Have you read that? Yeah, it's like apparently in June. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen with that? Um, I think like Mike Tyson told... Is it Jake Paul or Logan Paul? It's Logan know. Paul. Told him to his face, Mayweather's going to kick your ass. Um I think that's gonna happen. I, I may does Mayweather knock him out? Maybe. Yeah, Mayweather's gonna piece him up, and it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be a lot of people spending a lot of money. I don't know. Somebody was telling me I don't know anything about Logan Paul other than he was a YouTube star. Somebody was saying that he is an athletic dude. I mean, he's built. The dude is trained. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that he's not in shape, but he's not a boxer. Um, he keeps fighting dudes and claiming titles that dudes who like don't fight. I mean, I don't know if you watch his last fight with all the guy he fought. I love the fact that Pete Davidson went around and was basically like, Logan Paul's a little bitch, like doing the, the interviews in the back. I thought that was great. Um, I just pulled it up, though. Something completely unrelated. Rabbit hole here. Apparently, Chad Johnson is going to compete in one of the ex- exhibition bouts leading up on the card. Against who? Terrell Owens, because that would be cool. Yeah, it doesn't say who he's going to fight yet, but apparently he just said on a podcast or something like that this week that he's going to be Sweet Feet Johnson and he'll be out there fighting. If it's him versus like Joe Rogan, I'm all in. That would be awesome. Joe Rogan's reaction during that MMA fight. Oh, that was classic. All right. These were expensive bottles. They had a lot to live up to. What's your rating on yours? 
So I'm going to do a little bit different than I usually do. Typically, I give them the mid-grade between the two, the palate and the nose. Um, I'm going to tell you, like, in my opinion, the nose, although I graded it lower, is something you can kind of live in, right? It's what you think the candle should taste like. Uh, the palate's good. Um, I still think it's an A-plus palate, but I'm going to give this an overall A-minus um, rather than an A, simply because I don't want it to not live up to the price of the bottle. If you know what you're getting into, don't expect this to be the best $80 bottle you buy. Um, it is solid. It is going to make you happy. But it is not going to win over anybody at the $80 price point. What about you, Kurt? What are you thinking? The yeah, maker's well, mark. Well, that's good stuff. I'm glad that it actually, you know, that's a pretty good grade for an expensive bottle. So, you know... As I said on the palette, you know, I tried to put the Maker's Mark fan base aside, but I can't do that with this bottle because it has so many of the same good things that I like in it. <clears throat> I enjoyed 101. Maker's Mark 101 was good. I love this stuff. Like, this is good. The palette was there. I'm, st I'm tasting it right now. I'm getting, like, I just had a fresh maple syrup pancakes in the morning but with a cigar smoke finish really weird but both fantastic 68 dollars is just right um in fact it was next to you know how they do those maker's mark store picks like the 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 blends the the liquor stores do yeah like there's a specs specs, one, specs always is like bill juniors or something like that yes in fact it was bill juniors that was right next to bill juniors was more than this one and rumor has it, I think it's Bill Jr.'s, is allegedly, and I, I probably should have bought that one by now, is just Maker's 46 cash strength, but which you can't find in Texas. Oh. Because if you look at the label, all 10 barrels are in a 46, something like that. Anyway, that was 72. This was like 68. <clears throat> Nose was a, palate was a, I'm going to give this an A. Like, this was awesome. I love it. I don't see it lasting too long. It just continues to make me, you know, grow that Maker's Mark. You can't go wrong with Maker's Mark. I don't care what anybody says. You know, that'd be a fun one to do right there. Bill Jr. I do need to get that because it is on the shelf. Like, it is on the shelf at well, Specs. I, I know. I think you and I should both pick it up and we should do a Bill Jr. What in the world of whiskey? I mean, yeah. Who is he? What do you know about him? Well, he's, I think he's Bill Senior's son. Um, Let's find I'm out about sure. him. No, this is a good one. I like it, and I know there's going to be the Maker's Mark comments, but I got to give it an A. I, there's nothing wrong with it. I, I'm if I see it on the shelf again, I may, I may buy it again. All right, awesome. I think we have to do that. Bill Junior's together. Let's do that. Uh, plan on doing that. Um, I think that gets across, us across the goal line. Um, move into our, our closeout section. So, Kurt, I'll hand it off to you, sir. All right. We talked everything and anything about the draft. We talked about Aaron Rodgers' drama. Uh, Dick filled us in in the world of whiskey. We gave our remarks on these two expensive bottles that apparently, if you can find them, grab them. They're both good hits. Uh, Dick, lay us with the socials. 
Yeah, I appreciate that, Kurt. Uh, you know, Dick always likes to fill you guys in. Um, let's go ahead and talk about our social media, of course. We got fortdramandgoal.com. That's 4th Dram and Goal. Instagram and Twitter at 4th Dram. And of course, our Facebook and email, fortdramandgoal at gmail.com. You know, like we said at the beginning, tell your friends about us. If we think we're funny, get a chuckle out of us, um, let us know what your thoughts are about the show. And then don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite Apple podcast, Audible, CastBox, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. And before we close out, the best, the greatest, the one and only quote of the episode. Kurt, can you lay it on us? I'm going to hit you with a curveball, Dick. Hey. I don't have a quote this week. I want to give All more right. of a cheers. When you watch the draft, well, when I watched the draft in recent years, I still think one of the best stories ever was the story of John Tuggle. It was a documentary, mystery relevant, picked by the Giants, passed away from cancer. It was 30 for 30, Bill Parcells, just just heartstring stuff. Cool story. Great guy. Anything that gets Bill Parcells choked up. I mean, that's some manly stuff right there. So no quote today, but more of a cheers to the memory of John Tuggle, the mystery relevant. So cheers, John Tuggle. Into the next snap, into the next dream. Drink on, drammers. Double vaccinated. No, wait. Edit that part out. And don't fucking leave it in there like you did in the last show. (laughs)